Bodies in the Bayous, a podcast by Morgan Kelly and Gretchen Scanlon, presents Season 4, Iola, Eroding Justice. Episode 13, Closer to Home. As we begin to draw this season of the podcast to an end, we are looking at the list of suspects that have come to us from the family and the community. There are a few names, the ones that were harder for people to talk about. These are the ones in Sally's own family. It's difficult to talk about it, be it possibly being someone that she was related to, someone that she loved. These are the difficult conversations that we had to have with her family. The questions that you ask at the end of an interview as it was drawing to a close, because we knew asking it was going to upset the person. And after, maybe they weren't so sure about talking to us. Maybe they'd never talk to us again. These were the same questions that we had to ask the family of Betty Cantrell. It's just those questions have lingered in that family. For years, they have always suspected that Betty was killed by someone in her home. But with Sally, it was harder, almost unspoken. We would also go back to the question of who would Sally have gotten in the car with? There have been people who have come to us and said, I think Sally was killed by a member of her family. And as quickly as they told us their story, they would say, please don't tell anyone that I have told you. Don't use my name or don't use his name. They said, look at Sally's uncle. Look at her cousin. That person molested some of the girls in his family. He was abusive. He was in town that night. And he shouldn't have. These were the questions that they had. Others would say, have you looked at some of the cousins in Sally's family as they were known to hang out with some of the men that were suspected of killing her? Would she have actually gotten in the car with them? Sally was timid and not very trusting of people. She was not the type of girl to get in a car with someone that she did not know very well, but she did have a large extended family. She was very close to them, and no one would have ever questioned if she would have gotten in the car with any of them. In order to understand the relationships that we were talking about, we would need to give a glimpse of her family and the extended family. Sally was the daughter of Ray and Elsie Hutton. She had two sisters, Carolyn and Brenda, both were married or in relationships and had their own households when she was murdered. Elsie Hutton had three sisters and a brother. All of her sisters were married and raised their families in the area. Ray came from a family with four brothers and many of them lived in the area as well. Their children were part of the big extended family that would all be known to gather together. We were contacted by a family member of one of Sally's uncles. The person who contacted us said that he was a serial abuser and abused many of the young girls in the family, molesting other girls in the family and outside of the family. His wife attempted to leave him many times because he was abusive, even filing for divorce at one point, which decided to stay with him and dismiss the divorce. This family member has asked that we do not refer to him by name, but she has been sure over the years that he is responsible for Sally's death. Another close family member was in an abusive relationship. In this relationship, this man would beat her severely and use her children to control her. He was also known to beat the children in the family. 
on the night that Sally disappeared, he was extra nice. It was so out of the ordinary. Over the years, it has raised some questions as to why. Why was he so nice that night? Although there are moments when she lets herself wonder if he could have had something to do with it. But then she says, no, it's not possible. She cannot allow herself to go there. After the phone calls that Carolyn received about Sally being injured by running into glass, the family members began to suspect that one of her cousins was married to the man who might have been involved in the murder as he worked at one of the glass places and maybe was the caller trying to get them to stop looking at him. Although he did not work there at the time, he was dating the cousin and would eventually marry her. Sally and the cousin were good friends and she was known to hang out with him as well. It makes you wonder if the caller was trying to point in a direction without overtly saying, look at this person. Even we have looked for the hidden meaning in those phone calls. Whoever went to the trouble of getting untrackable phones, making the phone calls, was surely trying to either point to something or draw attention away from something. Could the caller have been someone in Sally's own family? At one point, one of Sally's uncles believed that a young man named Steve who was who had killed Sally. So her uncle had beat this man in order to try to get him to confess. One aunt was sure that it was Junior. He was a good family friend hanging out with her aunt and was also a good friend of Sally's brother-in-law. The truth of the matter is, if you look close enough at any family, you are going to find that there are dark secrets that anyone could have killed Sally. The likelihood is that she was killed by someone that she knew, but it is possible that she was walking home and someone grabbed her or that someone hit her by accident and covered it up. Although we have spent a lot of time looking at the men who could be involved and the men in her family who could have possibly been involved, we cannot rule out the possibility that she could have been murdered by a woman or even a girl. The reasons why we tend not to look in this direction is the circumstances of her death. The fact that people say that she got into a car with some young man. The fact that she had eaten a hamburger before her death and the location of her body. But the truth is, you have to question everything. One of the reasons that we have always thought that Sally was killed by somebody that she knew was because of the hamburger. But even... Lately, we have begun to question whether or not that is just something leading us into the wrong direction. One of the things about this case that gets to me is that it seems like people in the community know or believe they know who killed Sally. But are they talking to law enforcement about what they know? Just last week, we had a listener contact us, and they said they used to hang out with a girl, and one day her aunt was there. There was also an older gentleman there named Dan Dan who was hanging out with her. Her aunt told them, don't hang around with him. He gang-raped and killed a girl when he was in high school, and the girl was younger than him about 14 years old. When we began to look into this, Dan Dan, we discovered that he graduated from Iola High School in 1969. But there is nothing in his history about him being accused of raping or murdering anyone. This man was involved in drag racing cars and later went on to own several businesses in Iola, becoming a pillar of the community, donating to many community events. He continued over the years to be involved with the racing community. We are unsure 
We are unsure what it was that had this aunt suspecting Dan Dan of murder, but what we can say is it definitely seems that she believes he was involved with the murder of Sally Hutton, as there are no other crimes during this time that fit the description that she gave. Our hope is that the truth lies in an evidence box waiting to be discovered. Carolyn would like to have some answers, although she realizes the truth may be that someone she knows killed her sister. It is the not knowing that keeps her up at night. She does not want to ruin somebody's family. She does not want to ruin somebody's life. She does not want to take them away from their family. She has already forgiven this person. She just wants to know what happened to her sister. The time has come to ask for your help, the public. If anything is to move forward in Sally Hutton and Betty Cantrell's cases, it has to come from a plea from the public. Although the family of Sally Hutton has pleaded for years that her case not be forgotten, it is sad to say that with the passage of time, the changes in investigators, sheriffs, local and state government, that indeed her case has been forgotten. From the community's response to our visits and the podcast is clear that they have never forgotten that one of their own children was savagely beaten and left dead on the side of a dirt farm road. However, although she was never forgotten, the community does not know how to help. Over the months of working on this case, we feel the agencies in charge of this case have forgotten that a 14-year-old girl was murdered in Iola and that no one has ever answered for that murder. The KBI says that her case is an open and active case, but refused to share even the slightest detail of who the investigator assigned to the case currently is. The Allen County Sheriff's Department says it is not his case and it is not his problem. The KBI will not return letters or calls from Sally's sister. This is a direct violation of Carolyn's rights as the victim in this case, and she has the right to stay informed. If there is an answer in Sally's case, it could lead to investigators taking a new look at Betty's case as well. Let us not forget that her young son grew up believing that the man who took away his mother had died in prison. Sally was Iola's daughter, sister, and child. We are asking that you don't forget that her crime remains unsolved. It is time to stand up and demand answers in her case. They may not be answers that we want to hear, but at least it would not be hiding behind a wall of not my problem, and it is an open and active investigation. We have talked to more people about this case in the last six months than law enforcement has in the last 10 years. Justice for Sally Hutton and her family can happen. Join us in writing letters, calling, contacting the Kansas Attorney General's office the KBI, the Allen County Sheriff's Department, and the County Attorney's Office, the Iola Register, and say, we have not forgotten Sally Hutton or Betty Cantrell. Test the DNA. Move forward. Now is the time. If the reason for not testing DNA in Sally's case is about money, I have no doubt that this community and the community of true crime podcasters would raise the funds to pay for it. And if needed, this podcast will be happy to be the first to donate towards it. For both Gretchen and I, this case will always be a part of us. We will always feel connected to it. 
We are having a hard time moving on to our next case, but we will not be leaving it behind. Roxanne and Greg Hutton have started the Justice for Sally Hutton Facebook page, and we're encouraging all of you to join the page and support them in the quest to continue to find the answers in Sally's case. At the end of the episode, you will be hearing the contact list, all the information of the different places that we're asking you to write. So there will be phone numbers, emails, and some instructions there. Then you will also be hearing from Carolyn in the next clip with her thought, what has happened over the last 54 years in Sally's case. So hear her plea as for moving forward to test the DNA. Well, what I'd like to see is it solved that I know we're not supposed to give up hope, but I'm out there. Now, it's been 50-some years, and she just, something that's on my mind all the time. I keep thinking, you know, I'm sure there was more than one. Are they still living? Are they enjoying life? Do they have children and grandchildren that he never got the chance to have, you know? I've only got one living niece. My three children, and that's it. Is now great grabs, big dates, public come forward with anything they have or write or have them write to KBI or all the KBI or whatever. I would love for people to do that. I mean, you know, anything that might lead to a closure, I don't know. You know, I'll be seventy six in January. I would like to know. I know the rest of the family would. I don't want to put a hardship on anybody's family. If I thought one of my family had, had something to do with it, it would probably tear me up. Once many of my family have to, I knew they were in heartbreak. The law thought that there might be, you know, some connection. Personally, I don't think anybody in my family did it. Not that I'd be all for it. I really think they would like to know, too, you know, rather... Ability. There was one of us that okay. aggravates me. I put in call after call to the KBI, and they will not return my phone. Now, I have not the unit out of Wichita. I have a number for Wichita and one for Topeka. But since all the files are supposed to be in Topeka, that's where I've been. Oh, I think there was a lot of missteps. The one sheriff, he's, he's passed away. He was a family and he had told my grandfather before, see, we lost my grandfather two weeks after Sally. Uh, he had told my grandfather, he, there was some payoff, like some rich daddy paid, paid off for a kid that he had saw uh, at a police car or a sheriff's car parked on a country road. That guy went to his car and a briefcase and handed it to the sheriff. And he said, if you told it, Grandpa, that if you mention it, I'll deny granted because it could mean my life. My kid went out and shot somebody. I'd expect them to arrest him. Rammed into somebody's car and drove up. I'd expect him to be arrested. The way all the papers I had brought out from you, for you girls, I had them on the dining room. And I flipped through them a little bit. I had to put them away. <laughs> it just, I had people tell me, oh, Get over it. Well, you don't get over it. I was 21 at the time. I had two children that were crazy about their Aunt Sally. Seeing my mother's hair go white overnight. 
I never got over that. Now, my aunt, before she died, she kept insisting that if she, you just couldn't shake her from that. Oh, I can't remember his name, but he was a cop. And he had two wives that died suspiciously. He had a car that matched that back in them days that would have matched the car that was Ritter Girls gave. Coffee, little devil. And he would have been, at that time, maybe 18, 19, maybe 20. It had to have been somebody she trusted. She wouldn't even get in the car with her. He didn't know the car. I think she would have gotten in the car with my husband at the time. He didn't know the car, and she would not even stop walking. That she either knew something or saw something. She about killed my dad when he had to go in to be interrogated. Mm-hmm. And they come and got his old his car, which was a 56 uh, Thunderbird, I believe. Dark-looking car, but it hadn't run for six months. My aunt had to take my grandfather's car that dad had been driving to the uh, airplane place to be gone over with. Fine tooth comb. She didn't let Grandpa know she did it, but she took him down there because they asked for it to be brought down. It's gone on long enough. It needs to be. It is time to stand up and get loud and ask for answers in these cases, and we need your help. To do so, the contact list will also be put up on our Facebook page in our group, and then we're also going to put it on the Justice for Sally Hutton. We are pleading with all of our listeners, anybody who friend of a friend, get them to write, get them to call. I mean, you know, fax over a letter, you know, asking for the DNA to be tested. Because the problem with DNA in this case is, although this is a time when the DNA has really gotten incredibly advanced, the problem is it's also degrading. And so any evidence that's in her case is slipping away. And there's a possibility that it can never be tested if things don't happen now. We are asking you to write to the Attorney General of Kansas, Chris Kobosh, 120 Southwest 10th Avenue, 2nd Floor, Topeka, Kansas, 66612. His phone number is 785-296-2215, and his fax is 785-296. 6296. You can also contact him on his website directly and send a letter. The Allen County Sheriff's Office, 1 North Washington Avenue, Iola, Kansas, 66749. Contact Sheriff Brian J. Murphy. His email is bmurphy at allencosheriff.org. Phone number 620-365-1400. Fax number 620-365-1455. Allen County Attorney. Contact Jerry B. Hathaway at J B 
B Hathaway, H-A-T-H-A-W-A-Y, at allencounty.org. 1 North Washington Avenue, Iola, Kansas, 66749. Phone number 620-365-1420. Fax number 620-365-1421. You can also contact him via his webpage. Also, write letters to the Iola Register. Editor Susan Lynn can be reached at Susan Lynn Editorial at IolaRegister.com or go to IolaRegister.com and submit a letter to the editor. 302 South Washington, Iola, Kansas 66749. And the Kansas Bureau of Investigation, or the KBI, is 1620 South Tyler Street, Topeka, Kansas, 66612. And you can call them at 785-296-8200. Thanks everyone for joining us today. We want to give a special thanks to the Iola community for all their help and support in making this season possible. Special thanks to Angela Henry, our local host. Bodies in the Bayous is an independent podcast produced and created by Gretchen Scanlon and Morgan Kelly. Research sources include the Iola Register, the Wichita Eagle, and the Parsons Sun. Music provided by Spotify. Technical assistance by Emma Kelly. Studio assistance by Catherine Alvarez. If you have any questions or tip about this case, email us at bodiesinbayous at hotmail.com. Follow us on Facebook at Bodies in the Bayous. We'd love to hear from you. Please leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Special thanks to the Hutton and Cantrell families for their support. Our ultimate goal is for these families to have some answers. If you have messages of support, we are happy to pass them on to the family if you email us at bodiesandbayous at hotmail.com.